I'm a perpetual traveler through the Bible. Please join me for this bird's eye view of the scriptures. Stay as long as you like and let us together discover a bit more about the Bible from the beginning to the end. I was asked once if there was a single Bible passage that fully explained the purpose of the Bible and what God's plan is for all of us. I felt that the answer could be found in Ephesians 4 verses 11 to 13. Some of us have been given special ability as apostles. To others he has given the gift of being able to preach well. Some have special ability in winning people to Christ, helping them to trust him as their saviour. Still others have a gift for caring for God's people as a shepherd does his sheep, leading and teaching them in the ways of God. Why is it that he gives us these special abilities to do certain things best? It is that God's people will be equipped to do better work for him, building up the church, the body of Christ, to a position of strength and maturity, until finally we all believe alike about our salvation and about our Saviour, God's Son, and all become fully matured in the Lord, yes, to the point of being filled full with Christ. Everything that God has done, and the entire focus of everything that is contained in the pages of the Bible, is aimed at one goal, and that is to mature all of us, so that the fullness of God can work within us. When the fullness of God can be found within us, we become filled and flooded with God Himself. The whole of revelation that is given to us in the Bible is necessary to accomplish this. Before starting with this series of podcasts, I must first remind you that it was hundreds of teachers, pastors, theologians and men and women of God that have together brought me to this moment in time. Most of my material is based on the works of the giants of expository preaching like John MacArthur, R.C. Sproul, David Pawson, Ray C. Stedman, Arthur Pink, Martin Lloyd-Jones and Alistair Begg. So, if you want to learn and grow as I have, spend time with these men's books and commentaries. I am just the spokesman, but it is a privilege to share with you the wonderful things that I have learned in my 40 years of serving the Lord. None of this material is original, and none of it are my thoughts or ideas. This is entirely the work and leading of the Holy Spirit. None of this material is original, and none of it is my thoughts or ideas. This is entirely the work and leading of the Holy Spirit. It is He that will guide you and me into all the truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you and me what is yet to come. He will glorify Jesus because it is from Jesus that He will receive what He will make known to you and me. One of the biggest mistakes that I made as a new Christian when I started any Bible study was to jump around from verse to verse in the Bible, trying to gain an understanding of Scripture from a single verse or passage. That is like trying to understand the whole picture of a jigsaw puzzle by studying just one piece of it. A single jigsaw puzzle piece cannot help you understand the entire picture. All the surrounding pieces must give context to the piece in the middle. It was only later that I realized that the only way to really understand the books of the Bible was to read a single book from beginning to end. That way I could understand the context of the book, who it was written to, at what time it was written, and for what purpose. This series of podcasts which I have called 
the Bible from the beginning to the end will be like looking at a map before setting out on a journey. We will survey the whole of the Bible and discover the central themes common to every book. The Bible was written over a span of about 1,500 years. At least 40 authors wrote it. The Bible has love stories in it. It has stories of political intrigue and manipulation. It has stories of violence and gore. There are some poetic passages. And there are even simple accounts of everyday life. It has stories with intricate and convoluted plots. And it has strange and cryptic passages filled with weird symbols and hidden meanings. However, the Bible has a single message and theme that runs from Genesis to Revelation, and this makes this book greater than anything humanity has ever produced. There is no chance that over a period of 15 centuries and 40 or more separate authors that all could have conspired to produce a book that has one message, tells one story, moves to one point, and directs our attention to one person. One of the main reasons we can accept the Bible as the inspired Word of God is that it would be simply mathematically impossible to take at random any collection of books from literature, put them together in one collection, and have any coherent theme reveal itself. If we look at the Bible, we will find it follows the same story. It has one theme from beginning to end. It is essentially the story of man. It is the story of your life. And it is the story of my life. It explains man, and it leads us into all truth concerning ourselves. Because it is the book about man, it is also the book about Jesus Christ, the Son of Man. The whole Bible is the story of how God became flesh and became a man like ourselves. But how did this book come into being? Second Peter one twenty one summarizes it very well. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. We have to ask the question how ordinary men like ourselves could be so led by the Holy Spirit in recording what they thought and felt and that they could have somehow captured the actual thoughts and attitudes of God and not mere men's opinions. We do not know. It is a miracle. Studying the Bible is like studying the physical universe around us. The more we look into the secrets of the universe, the more complex and mysterious and fascinating it becomes. This is also true of the Word of God. The more we study the Bible, the more it begins to reveal its wonders. The Bible has been miraculously kept and preserved for us through the centuries in strange and providential ways. It cost men and women their lives that we might have this book. What is the ultimate purpose of the Bible? What is God wanting to accomplish by giving us a book like this and giving us the Holy Spirit to interpret it and make it understandable? Nothing that man makes is without a purpose. Therefore, it is certainly logical and reasonable to assume that everything God makes is for a purpose. What is that purpose? The Bible itself gives us the answer in Ephesians 1, verses 9 to 12. Making known to us the mystery of His will, according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, 
having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be the praise of His glory. God has a plan in mind, and it is only as you and I begin to understand what God's plan that we can move in the same direction. God has a direct purpose in all that is going on in your life and mine. The Apostle Paul says further in Ephesians 3 verses 8 to 12 that, To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given, to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for everyone what is in the plan of the mystery hidden for the ages in God, who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. The clearest declaration of this purpose is found in the passage that I read right at the beginning of this podcast in Ephesians 4 verses 11 to 13. This passage tells us that God's purpose in our lives is to bring us to mature manhood. The whole record of scripture, this verse says, is that all that God has done in human history exists that we might become a mature man, that we might fulfill our manhood or womanhood in Christ Jesus. That is God's purpose. It isn't some distant and future goal for one day when we arrive in heaven. It is something which has to do with each of us today. God's revelation through His Word exists in order that you and I might fulfill the possibilities God has hidden in our humanity, and the measure of that humanity is the measure of the manhood of Jesus Christ. If you were to go anywhere in the world and ask any man anywhere what do you think it means to be a man, you would get the same answers. All men everywhere want to be men. All women everywhere want to be women. Nowhere on earth is courage regarded as unacceptable and cowardice as acceptable. Everywhere cowardice is regarded as being unacceptable and courage is admired. There is only one person who was 100% a man. It was Jesus. He was God's perfect man. That is precisely what God's purpose was in giving us the Bible. It is to make available to us all that He has provided in Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. In fact, this is why the universe exists, that you and I might fulfill our humanity. If we read Ephesians 4 verse 13 again, it says that He must come to mature manhood, and that there are two steps. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Firstly, we are to come to the knowledge of the Son of God, the accurate knowledge of the Son of God. There is no possibility of achieving manhood as God intended man to be if there is not the knowledge of the Son of God, personally and experientially. The second step which takes us to this knowledge is that we all attain to the unity of the faith. Faith is always the operative word. Faith is always the way by which we actually experience all that God has made available. So Paul is saying that it isn't just my faith or your faith, 
but it is our faith which brings us to this knowledge. In other words, we need each other. That is the unity of the faith. Ephesians 3 verses 16 to 18 tells us that unless you are in unity with other saints, you cannot possibly develop as you ought to as a Christian. According to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. It is impossible to move to maturity unless we are ready to share truth with each other. Unless what the Dutch Reformed Church know is shared with the Pentecostals and what the Baptists know is shared with the Methodists and the Catholics share with the Protestants, we need each other to the end that we grow in the knowledge of the Son of God. So this is the purpose of the Bible. It is all about Jesus Christ, from Genesis to Revelation, in symbol, in story, in prophetic vision, in simple narrative account, in history, in poetry, in everything. It is all about Jesus Christ. In learning about Jesus in the pages of the Bible, from the beginning to the end, we discover that we learn about ourselves also. We discover our true nature as we see it reflected in Him. We understand our problems and our reactions as we see His dealings with men. We find all our needs fully met in Him. Who was Jesus? He was perfect man. He was God's ideal man. Man as God intended man to be. For 33 and a half years, He lived in the very circumstances and under the same pressures up against the same problems as we face every day. Some of you might be asking yourselves, what do I get out of all these podcasts? It isn't a question of what you get out of it, it is a question of what God gets out of you. If you simply take God at His word, you will discover that He is quite willing to live His life through us, and we can allow Him to be what He is in us. And for this, we need the word of revelation. We don't come to the knowledge of the Son of God without learning, without a process, without a gradual deepening understanding of His truth. We can never grow in fullness of maturity until we begin to know Jesus Christ. Jesus Himself said in Matthew 11 verses 25, At that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. We get to know Jesus through the pages of the Scriptures, interpreted to us by the Holy Spirit. We cannot separate those two. The Bible without the Spirit leads to a dull and dead Christianity. The Spirit without the Bible leads to groundless fanaticism. We need both the Spirit and the entire Word. For instance, the story of man before the fall is necessary in order that we might know what God made man to be and what to expect in our relationship to Him. In other words, what we are to be restored to. We need to know the story of the fall itself, to study it, in order that we can understand the strange reactions that arise within us, that is, our present condition of fallen mankind. Remember what it says in 2 Timothy 3 verses 16 to 17. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. 
This is God's promise to us. Before we conclude today's podcast, there is a question I would like you to think about before we meet again next time. What do you think is the single purpose of God's revelation to us through Scripture? We can look at the answer to that question when next we meet. This is David Wiles, your fellow traveler in Christ, and this has been the podcast of the Bible from the beginning to the end, episode one.